What's up, family? We have made it to another season. It's season three. Seems like these seasons be going fast, don't they? Well, they do. Because I, I do them by episodes. And so, uh, yeah, this is this is season three. And man, to kick off this new season, I'm going to start right with, I'm starting right with the, I'm going right in the deep end, right? I'm not, I'm not playing a whole lot of games. Um, you're going to follow me this season. You're going to get your life. You're either going to get your life or uh, you're going to stop listening because you're going to be too uncomfortable, right? No sense in, in listening if you're not going to apply the things that that you're learning or hearing or whatever. And so uh, to start off this season, I'm going to, I'm starting a new, uh, a new series. I've never done a series before, but I'm going to do, and the reason I'm doing a series is because this topic is so vast. I, I can't cover it in one episode. And so I said, you know, I'm going to just make this a little mini series. Now, I don't know how many episodes are going to be in this series, but I know it's going to be more than two. <laughs> Right, I know it's gonna be more than two, so, um, but I'm I'm gonna do a series on the mind. So this is the first one. We're gonna talk about the mind, and so today we're talking about free your mind, and the rest will follow. Right, free your mind, the rest will follow. Now you may have heard that before, right? It's actually the title of a song by In Vogue's uh, singing group back in the day. Um, so yeah. Free your mind, and the rest will follow. So when I say free your mind, the first question a person may be asking is, what is the mind? And you may think, well, that's, a, that's, not, a, that's not a good question because everybody knows what the mind is. Actually, everybody does not know what the mind is. So I'm going very basic, and then I'm going very deep, right? So I hope you're around for all of the episodes in this in this series I, I i presume this is going to be some of the the best content that i that, that i create as far as life changing life altering if you apply it okay so uh, what is the mind the mind is the place where we choose and where we feel it's the nexus point between the will and the emotions right is the, the mind is not a physical thing like your brain is your brain is inside your head. Your brain is a physical organ. The mind is not a physical organ. The mind is your 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 consciousness, right? So if you remember, um, when when God created Adam, the Bible says He formed him from the dust of the ground, and then He blew into his nostrils, and man became a living soul. That living soul part is the mind, okay? It's where we choose, where we feel. Um, it, is, it is where we give meaning to our experiences, right? Our, our experiences, uh, the, well, not, not our experiences, but the meanings of the things that happen to us, they're stored in our mind. Now, the memories of the past, like our memories are stored in the brain. 
But the meaning that you give the memories, that comes from your mind, right? The thing about the mind is it can be changed. Like it can be, it can be, you can change what things mean to you, right? Like in one season, someone uh, dressing plain, that may mean that they're boring to you. But in another season of life, someone dressing plain, um, it may mean stability to you. So, uh, you know, we, we give, our mind gives us meaning to navigate through, through our world. It only, it, it, it does more than give us meaning, but that's, you know, that's where, that's where the meaning of life is stored. I like to say it this way. I teach people that every human being has an internal dictionary, an internal dictionary by, and this, this dictionary is how you define the world. There are no two dictionaries that are the same. They are all different, right? They're made up of your experiences, um, your childhood, your pains, your joys. It's made up of everything you've experienced, right? It all plays a part into your internal dictionary. And let me just say, I'm telling you, as I'm going through this, I really want you to pay attention um, because I think if, 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 you can, if you can master your mind, I'm telling you, Everything else will fall in line, which is, you know, that's what the topic said. Free your mind, the rest will follow. But um, I really want you to, I really want you to, 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 to pay attention and really get this, right? So why is, why is learning about the mind even important? Well, number one, because it determines, <laughs> it, it holds the meanings that you have for life. Here's what Solomon said. This is Proverbs 4.23. He said, above all else, guard your heart because from it flows the issues of life. Now, when the Bible talks about the heart, most of the times it's talking about um, the mind. The mind and the heart in the Bible can be used interchangeably. That's why the Bible says whatever a man thinks in his heart, right? If our traditional understanding of heart, hearts don't think. Right? He's not talking about the muscle in your chest. He's talking about the mind. Whatever man thinks in his heart, then so is he. And that is so true. Um, whatever you think about you in your mind, then that's what your reality is going to be. When the mind is corrupted, just like a computer with a virus, it can cause you to act in ways that are contrary to God's design. Like God, God designed you to operate a certain way. But when your mind is corrupted, you can act in ways that are contrary to how God designed you to operate and you will suffer. So the question may be then, okay, so then how does, how does a mind get corrupted? A lot of ways. Like, um, our first injuries to our mind happened in childhood. And the unfortunate part is there's not a whole lot we can do about it. There's not a whole lot we can do to avoid the injuries of being raised by flawed human beings. We can't escape that. But the good news is, and what I'm trying to help you understand, 
that what you learned about yourself and about life in childhood is not true or it doesn't have to be true. Like you can change the meaning. That's the power of the mind. You can, so you can't change the events of the past, but you can change the meaning of the events of the past. You can determine that meant God was preparing me for something as opposed to that meant I'm not good enough. I wasn't able to speak in my home, so that means I have no voice. Or you can change that meaning to say, I wasn't able to speak in my home, but that was just God's way of protecting me there. Now that I'm here, he wants me to be the peacock that he created me to be, right? You can change the meaning. But the mind is important because um, your life will follow your mind. More important, more, more specifically, your beliefs. What you believe about you will determine how you show up in life or not, actually, right? How you don't show up. It's all determined by your mind. So when, when Solomon says, above all, let's guard your heart, obviously he's not talking about childhood, but when you are aware once you become aware that your mind is precious and that your mind needs to be protected, then you need to do all you can to protect it. You don't let you don't just listen to anything when you're protecting your mind. You don't just let anybody speak into your life. Right. You don't believe every lie that the enemy tells you about you. But before you get to that part, a lot of us have to unlearn a lot of the foolishness that we learned whether in childhood young adulthood there's a lot of things in our mind that are causing us to live a life that is so far beneath what God wants for us that uh angels probably don't even recognize who we are angels are probably like lord that's that's not how who you made them to be what is that what kind of costume they have on right what I want to do is help you to free your mind. Because you, first, you got to believe that freeing your mind is possible. If you don't believe it's possible, you're already losing, right? But changing your mind is possible. How do you know? Because you've changed it before. If you've changed it before, you can do it again. If you've changed it on small things, like just think about the things, there's something in your life that you used to not like and now you do like or something you, um, vice versa. But here's the thing, that liking and disliking is determined by your mind. If we put, let's put food to the side, right? Because, because you're going to say, well, my taste buds made that determination. Okay, let's, I'll give you that. But what about the clothes you like? What about the cars you like? What about, I remember that, so my whole life, all the way up until adulthood, all the way up until maybe 40, I did not like trucks at all. Did not like trucks as a vehicle. And now I love trucks. My mind changed. And the point, the thing that I'm pointing out is we often, not we, some people, some people often think that 
they can't change. This is who I am. This is who God made me. And it's what I got to be. And that's just not true. That's a trick of the enemy. Right? That's a trick of the enemy. What does, what does, what does the mind control? The mind controls your beliefs, your fears, right? The things that you're afraid of, um, your, your, uh, your desires. Your mind controls your desires. Desires reside in your mind. Your mind defines for you what pleasure is. Pleasure is not universal, right? There are some people that find pleasure in things that you would think is painful, so pleasure is not universal. Your mind defines for you what pleasure is, and your mind defines your values. Yep, your mind defines your values. So um, keeping your mind from, from, I guess I shouldn't say being corrupted. If you came out, if you, you come out of childhood, it's probably already corrupted, but keeping your mind from staying corrupted, that's the goal. So when I say free your mind, free from what? I'm glad you asked. Uh, first of all, you want to free it from the lies that your childhood taught you about you. Okay. See, when children are children, how they are treated is how they come to learn who they are. Okay. So if a child is treated bad, they come to learn that they should be treated bad. Even though as they get older, being treated bad is painful and they will complain about it. But you'll go all the way on into adulthood choosing people that hurt you because it's familiar and that's what your mind learned. That's a part of your identity. That's who you are. You are a hurt person. And so that's what you're supposed to, that's what you're supposed to be that's how you're supposed to live, right? Lies that your childhood told you. Um, you're not smart. If you made bad grades in school and you were in one of those families that tied your intelligence to grades, you may think you're not that smart because you didn't get good grades. Let me tell you something. The school system, at least in America, the school system is not a good indication of whether or not you are intelligent. I, listen. The school system is not equipped to determine whether or not you are intelligent. Most of school is really about remembering and memorizing facts. Math, science, maybe chemistry, which is science. Like outside of those, we've got to learn English, right? All the rest of that stuff, like history, why well, I got to learn biology if I'm not going into biology? I mean, I can understand learning the basics. It's cool, right? But, but my point is, school is not the place to determine the intelligence of a person. So if you're still holding on to the fact that you didn't do well in school, and now that means I'm not smart, you've believed a lie, right? And so... We want to free your mind from those lies. We want to free your mind from fear. From fear. One of the biggest things, one of the biggest fears that the human being faces today 
is the fear of man. Or another word for another phrase is people pleasing. It is the biggest thing you need to free your mind from. I'm telling you what I know. If you can free your mind from the fear of man, I can assert that 75 to 80% of the issues you have on this planet will go away. I'm telling you, most of why your life looks like it looks is because you're trying to please somebody, you care about what people think too much. Um, the reason you don't have confidence is because of what other folk think. The reason you can't speak up is because of what someone will say. The reason you can't uh, wear a bathing suit on the beach is because folk gonna look at you funny. The reason you get all hot and bothered and your hair stand up on your head when you're in the mall and you trip is because you're worrying about what folk are saying. The reason why you gotta be perfect it's because someone else is grading your paper. Someone else is judging your work and you want them to have a good report of you. The fear of man is a prison. And if you don't free yourself, you'll never, ever experience what God has for you. You won't because you're fearing man more than you fear God. And God didn't put you here that way. So the thing is, let me talk about, let me talk about, how this fear of man sabotages our marriages and relationships. Your relationship, I'm about to, I'm about to rearrange the furniture in your head, as, as Dr. Golden would say. Uh, relationships, your marriage is not supposed to be your lifeline. Yeah, your, your marriage, your relationships your, your, your romantic, your, your, the person that you are in love with, they should, they're not, that's not supposed to be your lifeline. And too many people, and I was one of them, too many people do relationships from a place of this relationship has to work. You have to meet my needs. I got to figure out how to meet your needs, right? It, how do you know, how do you know if you're in your relationship, in your marriage, you're treating it as if it is a lifeline, because you can't be authentic, right? I need you to be okay so I can be okay. I need you to be good so I can, I need you to say that I'm a good husband so I'll believe I'm a good husband. I need you to say that I'm a good wife so I'll believe I'm a good wife, right? You're getting your identity, your worth, your value, all from a relationship with another human being. That's not God's design. Your relationship is not supposed to be your lifeline. God is supposed to be your lifeline so that you can do relationships well. I must say that again. God, the God of the universe, the one who created you, he created you before he created your body. He created you before you had a consciousness the one who created you, he is supposed to be your lifeline. And when then he is your lifeline, you can do relationships well. But the reason you suck at relationships is because God is not your lifeline. People are. I'm telling you, if you fix the fear of man, if you fix the fear of man, 
75 to 80% of your life would change and be different and be on the upside instead of upside down. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, get rid of the fear of man. And the thing is, we've been conditioned for it, right? We've, we've been conditioned for it. Social media is all about the fear of man. It, it promotes the fear of man like, oh, my, like it's the primary thing, right? When you free yourself of that, then you can live a life that, that God designed. You can do your assignment. You can walk in confidence, right? You're still going to be a human being. You're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. But when you free your mind from, from, from the fear of man, you allow yourself to be human. And so you recognize, I'm going to do my best, but some days I'm going to fail. And that's okay. I just get up and keep going because my failure don't mean anything other than I'm a human being. That's all it means. It don't mean I'm a failure. It don't mean I suck. It doesn't mean I almost suck. It just means I'm a human. Because if I was perfect, that would mean I'm not a human. <laughs> that would mean I'm not a human. And, and watch this. The, the definition that I just gave you of human, if you don't believe it, the reason you don't believe that is because of your mind. It's because of your mind. The way you look at your past, let's talk about your past for a second and your mind. Um, whatever happened to you, I'll, I'll use myself, for example. I'll use myself. myself. So I was molested. I don't know what age because uh, I didn't find out. I didn't realize that it was molestation until I was in my 40s, <laughs> right? But it happened when I was a kid. But anyway, if I look at that molestation and I give it the meaning that that event turned my life, and as a result, I had all of these broken relationships, I'm going to feel a certain way about that, and it's going to make me show up in life presently because of that belief. It's going to make me show up a certain way, right? Now, if the event happened, I can't change the event because I can't go backwards, but if today I change the meaning of that event and I say that event happened so that God could use that to prepare me to be the man that I am today, then that's going to have me feeling a different way. And through this series, one of my goals is to help you reframe your past because some of you are stuck in your past because of the meanings that you give it. I promise you, listen, I promise you, if I had something to offer you for this promise, I would. But I promise you, the thing that has you stuck is not what happened to you. I know in your mind you're saying, yes, it is. I'm telling you it's not. The thing that has you stuck is the meaning that you give what happened to you. How do you know? Because there are many other people who've been through some of the same, same things you've been through, and their life don't look like yours. Some look better, some look worse, but they don't look the same. If it was the events, all everyone's life would look the same that been through that stuff, but they don't. As a matter of fact, I'll use me again. I'm, I am a perfect example. I'm a perfect example. Me being molested has not 
had a negative effect on my mind in the sense of trauma. Like, I don't ever think about it. I don't have flashbacks. Like, none of that. Because when it happened, in my mind, as a kid, it was good. I framed it as a good thing, right? Now, yes, it messed up some stuff. It did mess up some things because a child should not be experiencing what I was experiencing. But my point is, the event is not what shapes your life. Because if it's true, I have so many people who were molested and, and, and like, they can't get out of bed in the morning. There are people who've been molested, they've committed suicide. There are people who've been molested who have, you know, they can't, they can't even get aroused sexually. So many things. All of that is because of the mind. It's not the event. It's the meaning that you give the event. And so when you have a corrupted mind, you're going to mislabel things that happened to you. And most of the time, because of your immaturity, you think that the events in your past were about you. Think about this. Between the ages of, let's say, zero to 12, I'll go up to 12. Usually I say eight years old, but I'll go all the way up to 12. What could you have done in 12 years on the planet to make you deserve what you got, whatever it was? What did you do to deserve that? Good or bad. Let's go with good or bad. What did you do to deserve it? Nothing. What you got was because of the people who gave it to you. So your mama yelling at you, that's because of her. It had nothing to do with you. Right? Your daddy being an alcoholic had nothing to do with you. That was his stuff. But what children do, children will experience these things and because they are egocentric, meaning they believe the world revolves around them, they will develop a meaning that what someone else is doing means something about me. A child can't help it when they do that. But when you become an adult and that's still the place you're living, you're living a lie. You're living a lie. What else? What else? Like, do you do we need to free our mind from from the negative thoughts? The negative thoughts that we bring from um, from childhood. Right. We need to get rid of the negative beliefs that stem from uh, the belief of I'm not good enough. Well, who told you that you can't prove that you're not good enough? And I've said that before. You can't prove it. Right. Here's the thing about negative thoughts. So you think about negative thoughts. Negative thoughts compound, like compound interest, right? It multiplies and multiplies. Negative thoughts compound. The more you think of yourself as worthless, stupid, or ugly, or, or you know, not a good husband, not a good wife, not smart, the more you think of yourself this way, the more you condition yourself to interpret life that way. Because the negative, the, the negative thoughts, they compound. So the more you think of yourself as worthless, the more you're going to see life as you have a worthless life. And what your mind is going to do is, like, like Sherlock Holmes, like a detective, look for things that validate that you're worthless. Here's what your mind is not going to do. It's not going to, on its own, look for things 
to 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 debunk your belief that you're worthless. Your mind's not going to do that on its own. Mm-mm. The same is true with what you think about others, by the way, right? Once you fall into the habit of seeing people as angry or unjust or selfish, uh, or, you know, I got some people who, who just got issues with women, right? And I got some people, some men who got issues with men. But once you fall into the habit of seeing people a certain way, you will then see those kind of people everywhere. Here's what I mean by that. It's not that the the person that you're looking at is the thing that you think. You are actually projecting, um, oh, they messy. That's a woman, she messy. You're projecting that because your history, all the women were messy or all the women cheated or all the women, you know, manipulated men with money. And so uh, that's what you think. Like I got a brother who... He he's married, but he don't trust his wife because she's a woman. Because in his life, all women did was manipulate men. And so that's his framework. And so they are struggling in their marriage because it's hard for him to move past what he learned about life at such an early age because now it's become hardwired. And now as a grown man, he is treating his wife like she's manipulative and she's not. Right. But she is a human being. And so when she has behavior, normal, natural behavior, not nothing bad, normal behavior that then triggers something in his mind from his childhood that she knows nothing about, he then gets triggered and goes into uh, treating, mistreating her, right, because of a belief in his mind. It's not even real. A lot of times in marriage, when your spouse, um, let's say, let's say, you know, so there are some people who are overly sensitive, right? You've met an overly sensitive person. Someone who's overly sen- sensitive, they are trapped in the prison of uh, the fear of man or people pleasing, whichever one you want to call it. But but when, when you have someone like that, you can't point out anything wrong with them because if you do, they're going to feel attacked. And here's the crazy thing. Here's the crazy thing. And if this is you, you know you this. You can identify with this. Just say ouch. Okay, if you can't say amen, say ouch. Listen, the thing is, you, 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 can't, you can't handle the truth. You can't handle it. So anytime some, your partner says something, about you, you can't handle the truth. But here's the thing. If we ask you, hey, you know you're not perfect. I know I'm not perfect. I know I'm, I know I'm going to mess up. Like, you say that out of your mouth. But then when flaws are pointed out, you're like, oh, wait, um, I felt attacked. What? How? How is it that, how is it that, you know you're not perfect, but when your partner points out something where you can improve, you feel attacked because your mind is corrupt. Corrupted. Not corrupt. <laughs> Corrupted, right? You need to clean, you need to free your mind. Most people, most people, when we talk about negative beliefs, most people have a habit 
of self-sabotage and negative beliefs. A habit. What is a habit? A habit is something that you do repeatedly to the point where it just becomes automatic. Some people have a habit of self-sabotage, a habit of negative beliefs. And uh, this habit of uh, negative beliefs ends up shaping their identity. Yeah. If you believe that you... So, so let's talk about identity real quick. So if I believe... I'm a, uh, 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 if I self-identify as a runner, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to run. I'm going to find a way to run. If I label myself as a, a healthy eating person, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to eat healthy. If I label myself as not good enough, guess what I'm going to do? Not show up. I'm not going to give my love. I'm always going to be suspicious when someone shows me love and attention because it's like, hey, why are you showing me attention? I know I'm not lovable. I know I'm not good enough. Why are you loving me? And so you won't trust it. And so you receive it and it feels good, but you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And then as soon as they do something human, there's the shoe drop. And there you go. Say, mm-hmm. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was too good to be true. No, you didn't. And it's still like you're just living in a fantasy world that you made up of negative beliefs. The more evidence, watch this, the more evidence you have for a belief, the more you believe it. Okay? That's why you think you're ugly or slow or not smart or uh, you think, you know, I can't do that. That's too hard. I can't learn that. Because... You keep finding evidence for this belief, and then you live in it, which then creates more evidence, right? It's like you are creating the evidence that you are using to keep the dysfunction in place. Did that make sense? Like you are, you are, uh, uh, um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, I can't think of an example to give you, uh, to make that more clear, but but you only think you're ugly because, well, I don't know where it comes from because that's, that's one of those things where it can come from a lot of places. But ultimately, it's a, it's, it's, it's a corrupted mind because who told you you were ugly? Who, who, who riddle me this, Batman? Who determines what ugly is and is not? They say... Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Okay. So then, so then if beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and it is, who determines for you what ugly is? If you, deter, if you determine what ugly is for you, how dysfunctional is it for you to determine that you are ugly. Like, you're the one that gets to make it up. If I'm living in a world and I get to make up the stuff, for example, I'm going to make up the NBA. I'm going to make up a new league, the NBA. Uh, but I'm making it up for me. This is not a good example, but I'm going to go with it. Just make, 
wrap your mind around it. I'm <laughs> making up a new NBA. The goals are not going to be 10 feet. They're going to be low enough so I can dunk because I'm the standard. Right. Now, I know that don't apply across the board because, you know, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to promote, you know, you're the standard of life. That's not what I'm saying. The point that I'm making is if I'm the one that determines what ugly is, I ain't going to call me ugly. Like if. Yeah, I'm just not doing that. That's I'm not doing that. Right. But when you do that, it's because you are trapped by what someone else said, think or believe or a negative belief. Maybe you think that because things happen to you and you've determined, well, that can only happen to ugly people. So I must be ugly. I don't know what it is, but but. It's a terrible thing. When the body attacks the body, right, that's what cancer does in the same way. It's a terrible thing when the mind attacks the mind. Like your mind is your enemy. But that's because you allow it or make it to be. God didn't do that. And you can change your mind. That's one thing I'm going to I'm going to drill home because too many people think this is just just you. This is who I am. This is what I got. And I, like I can't do nothing with if you believe that and you believe in God, you got to you got to have to pick one. You got to pick one. You got to either pick. I believe God or I believe my negative beliefs, but you can't do both. Like. Before I end, I want to answer this question. So I told you, you know, what you want to free your mind from negative beliefs, lies you were taught in childhood, um, you know, the fear of man. You want to free yourself from those things. It says free your mind and then the rest will follow. Well, what's the rest? What's the rest that will follow? Rest means everything else. Like when you free your mind, you have more freedom, less anxiety. More freedom for what? More freedom to be you. More freedom to be a human being. More freedom to enjoy life. Too often, we are waiting for a certain thing to happen before we can enjoy life. I'm gonna enjoy. I'm going to enjoy life when? When what? You better enjoy it now because when ain't promised to you. Tomorrow's not promised. Today is all you have. But when you free your mind, you have more freedom and less anxiety. When you free your mind, your true identity will follow who God intended for you to be from the beginning. When you free your mind, more confidence will follow. Not arrogance, but confident in who God made you to be. I can do that because I'm a human being and God gave me a brain and a mind and I can learn anything. By the way, did you know you can learn anything? That's one thing you need to get in your mind. Let that be the main takeaway for today, as a matter of fact. Okay, can we do that? Let that be the main takeaway for today. You can learn anything. How do I know you can learn anything? Because when you first got to the planet, you did not know anything. You knew nothing. But today... You didn't know how to tie your shoes when you got here. You didn't know how to talk when you got here. 
You didn't know how to read when you got here. You didn't know how to do math when you got here. You didn't know how to cook when you got here. You did not know how to drive when you got here. You didn't know your colors when you got here. You didn't know what a mother, father, sister, brother was. You didn't know what a TV was. You didn't know how to use an iPad. Like, I can go on for days. You didn't know anything. And look at all of what you know now. How, you, how, how did you learn all that? Because you can learn stuff. The fact that you've learned everything that you know to date is proof that you can learn anything. You can learn a foreign language. You learn the one you know now. You wasn't born speaking English or Spanish or Chinese, whatever you speak. You wasn't born speaking that. You learned it in your family. Now, I'm not talking about difficulty and all that. That's, that's, that's a whole different topic. But if you want to get stuck on difficulty, well, then, I mean, it's life. Like, if you want everything to be easy and comfortable, you're already losing. Okay, so get that out your mind. Don't, 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 don't worry about that. Just, just get that out your mind. But, but what I'm telling you is, when you free your mind, true identity, more confidence, being able to do life will follow. What do I mean by doing life? I'm talking about doing the ups and downs. I'm not just talking about enjoying life. When you free your mind, you can have a real relationship. See, some of you guys are not in real relationships. Here's, this is going to shock some of you. I'm sorry. It's just what it is. Some of you are not in real relationships because a real relationship is a symbiotic relationship, meaning there's equal giving and receiving. Okay? If you're in a relationship and you can't tell your partner no, or you can't tell your partner difficult things. You can't tell them things that they don't like. Your relationship is not a real one. It's not. Like I don't know. We can think of another name for it. But um, if we're gonna call, if we're gonna say it's a real relationship, then we're gonna say it's a real unhealthy one. Then because it's not. It's why be in a relationship with someone when you can't be authentic. And I'm not saying get out your relationship. I'm saying learn to be authentic. That's the point, right? Learn to be authentic. So freeing your mind will teach you how, to, I mean, will free you up so that you can, so that you can do life, meaning uh, when you and your partner get into it, it was about that thing. It wasn't about the past. It didn't mean, it didn't mean, all it meant was what y'all talked about. And now it's over. You want to go get some pizza? You want to watch a movie? You want to have sex? You know, like, but, but when your mind is not free, every little thing is a blow up. You left the water out again, and now we gone left fighting about the water. What? Just, just put it up. That's what freeing your mind would do. But, but think about this too. Think about this too. Freeing your mind also, um, I'm going to say free your mind and the rest will follow. Freeing your mind, it can also mean, like the rest can also mean real rest and relaxation of your mind. Right? Free your, free your mind and the rest will follow. That could also be literal rest. If you free your mind, you will find rest for your soul. Because right now, you're probably just full of anxiety. Always worrying about what somebody's thinking. Am I getting it right? Do they like me? Am I being a good husband? Am I being a good wife? 
Am I being a good coworker? Am I being a good parent? Are they okay with me? Should I not wear this? What do people gonna say? Do they like me? When you free your mind, you can rest your soul. It's so interesting that Jesus said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus said that, but watch this. To come to Jesus means to take it off of your mind and put it at his feet. Free your mind. And then the rest can follow. Y'all join me for the next episode when we talk about the mind because I believe this is going to be life-changing for you. And I strongly encourage you to share this with somebody that you know would benefit from learning more about how to break free from the prison they've been living in. Y'all take care.